0: God, we do thank you for who you are. And we thank you for your love for us, expressed in creation, expressed in Jesus Christ. We ask that you would help us to see more clearly, especially with the lives that we live, to be able to make the connections and to be in the place that you want us to be, to be the people that you want us to be. Lord, hear our prayer because we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise. I wonder what this word conjures in your mind. In recent years, praise has been to the fore in schools as a means of bringing the best out of children. That's fantastic. You're doing really well. You're a star. Thumbs up. Educators have appreciated how important it is to build upon that which is good rather than trying to take things apart. Encouragement seems to be so important these days, particularly in schools and education, much more so than when I was a lad. Praise. Maybe it's something with, um, with with animals. If you're teaching a dog, you seem to. It, we've known for a long time that praise is a fundamental aspect of that. You need to praise the animal to teach it how to behave and to learn. I wonder what you feel when you look at that slide. Oh, I'm not quite there. Oh, that's not our country. Um, yes, they are Brazilians. Um, you might say, but I'm not that kind of personality. Um, and yes, some people do seem to be more predisposed to praising God more easily than, than we do here in this country. Um, but sometimes we can be a bit um, critical and say, oh, I'm sure these people are more heavenly-minded than of earthly use anyway. You know, These people are so caught up in, in, this, in this praise, in this uh, way of doing things. Praise, some religions by their way of calling people to pray and praise, offer desire, require an obedience. Three, five times a day, is it? that As a Muslim, you're meant to pray and praise God. A pattern for living. I think, again, as Christians, we can sit too easily and think, but I'm called into a relationship. That means I don't have to. And besides, some of this just looks mechanistic. It looks like these are just words that that remain words. Surely praise must come from our hearts. And maybe some of us have difficulty praising God, as Vincent was saying earlier in the first service at 9.30, because when we look at our world around and we see all the issues around in our world and the suffering, how can I then praise God? It seems difficult to praise and thank God when there are so many troubles and injustice in our world. What interests me as a lifelong learner and as a Christian is that I don't think we as Christians fully appreciate the importance and the place that praise has in our prayers or in our lives. And I want us to take a moment this morning to review that and to ask ourselves, what is praise? What we're doing when we pray? This is our second in our series on prayer. Last week, Ian Randall reminded us of the call to prayer and that we, we read the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, we read, Our Father, our Father, who are in heaven. The second line says, Hallowed be your name, your name be praised. It's the first thing in the model prayer that Jesus gives his disciples as to how we are to pray. Praise is number one. We start with praise. When we pick up the Psalms, we find a lot of them start with that. Praise the Lord. The one that we've read, praise the Lord, oh my soul. Many of our songs in church, they say, come on, praise God. Declare the goodness of God. The love of God. Let's praise God. I think one of the temptations when we turn to prayer is that either we only pray when we have a problem or when we start to pray, we start with ourselves and we plunge straight in with our problem. The Lord's Prayer says, Hallowed be your name, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let's start with praise. And so let's, I invite you to turn to Psalm 103. Um, it's just a beautiful psalm. It's a beautiful piece. And I'd urge you to read it again and again. It has so much to teach us as Christians about our place in God's world and how to live our lives There's one commentator when he read this just writes, Hallelujah. Now, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go beyond that and say a few more words this morning. So we look at that first verse. David says, Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being, the deepest parts of me, the hidden parts of me, the thing that makes me me. Praise the Lord. We might be look at that and think, my goodness me, to start at such a point, wow, what a spiritual giant David was. He clearly was on good form. He clearly was blessed by God. He clearly had a moment where the gap between heaven and earth opened and the, the light went on. And he's in spiritual ecstasy by starting this psalm by saying, praise the Lord, my inmost soul. However, I might suggest to you that he's not in that. It's, it's possible he could be in that place. But he's a human being. He might well be like you or me. And it might be either a declaration or an exhortation. He says, come on, my soul. Praise the Lord. He's taking himself in hand and saying, come on, with everything I am, let me praise God. That's how I'm taking it this, taking it this morning. Praise the Lord, my, in, my inmost soul. The psalm reminds us that all of creation was created to praise God and we were created to praise God we don't say that in a demanding way but if we acknowledge that God is the source of life then to praise God is to recognize this through praising God we recognize who we are, who God is we are in a good spiritual place Psalm 103 goes on as you will see, don't forget all his benefits, David begins to Count his blessings, if you like. God has forgiven something, if you look further down. God has healed something. I'm sure David's thinking of something specific when he's mentioning these things. God has brought satisfaction and God has brought vitality to, to the, to the psalmist's life. But looking at the psalm as a whole, David goes on beyond that. He starts off with his personal prayers of praise. But the psalm opens out and begins to be something that speaks of a community. And David says, God, we, I thank you and praise you for the way that you've led us as your people. This revelation of you is too much for me simply as an individual. And by the end of the psalm, he's calling on the king's supernatural courtiers to join in with this chorus of praise. Come on, all you angels, let's praise God all of creation, let's join together and say hallelujah. But let's look at verses 13 to 16 in particular. Words I read often at a funeral. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. As for mortals, their days are like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. I wonder if we were to live our lives a little bit more conscious of our mortality whether we might be a bit more ready to praise God I think in the West in the way that we live we can so easily feel insulated against the rawness of life the realities of life I go back in my memory to when we were in Congo and every day the students gathered and it was different ones every day who uttered as a, almost their opening prayer God, thank you for the breath that I have in my lungs this morning. Thank you that my heart is beating. Thank you that I'm alive. David p- paints this beautiful picture of a wild flower helping us to see the vulnerability and the mortality. And the beauty at the same time. And sometimes maybe the beauty and the gift that life is, is sometimes best realised when we are undergoing times of suffering or in a difficult place. None of us wish for suffering in our lives. And yet as Christians we're called to, to live a life in which suffering is never too far away. Paul writes... Carry around in within your bodies the suffering of Jesus Christ. We talk so often about the death of Christ. Are we not touched and humbled and inspired and changed by this grace that lives within us? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so from that, true Christian praise is not simply empty phrases but come from a heart that is changed, inspired. I do think we need to take ourselves in the hand as David does and say, come on, praise God. I think we need to do that. We are so presumptuous by our lives and our lifestyles. With this regard, there's one thing I want to say, and one major point from this morning's talk is that praise takes us to a different place. These are some holiday snaps of when we were in Devon. Beautiful place, especially if you go from Cambridgeshire. It's got coastline, it's got trees, and it's got wonderful hills. Now we arrived just at the foot, there's a, there's a cricket pitch there. You can sort of see the markings of it in the green space. And we arrived, it's beside Lytton in North, North, North Devon. And we arrived there and we saw this place immediately. I don't know if it's me, it's my son as well. You want to climb it. And it's very climbable because it's, although it looks, it, it is fabulous. It is climbable. And yet we, we got out the car just at the bottom. You see the road going along there? Um, and when we, once we parked the car, Whoa, we realised it was quite shingly. You know, it's that kind of stuff that you're going to try and climb up, and yet there's a few signs saying don't climb, whatever. But you wanted to climb, and you knew it was going to kind of like be difficult. And we were just looking at this, and Ruri is kind of like well, not halfway up, but he started on the climb to go up. He was that desperate to kind of do this, to take the challenge on, to get up this hill. When somebody was coming down the other way, and very kindly and thoughtfully, they said to us, actually... Don't go this way. Round the back of that hill, there's a tarmac path that will take you there. <laughs> <laughs> and we went back down a few steps and rounded, and there was this beautiful wee path that kind of wound its way up this hillside, and even took you right to the top. And do you recognise that mountain. Sorry? It's Mount Snowden is what it is. It's a mountain anyway, it's a good guess. Um, I think it's one of the most dramatic pictures of Snowden. Imagine climbing that. My goodness me, do you feel up for it? Well, yes, because that's the other way you can approach it. A mountain domesticated, a mountain maybe trampled upon, you know, like Ben Nevis these days, it's kind of like, take, you know, I've done that, it's not really that difficult. But where we start from makes such a difference to what we see and what's possible, how we live our lives, what spirit is within us. A mountain that looks impossible is changed to something that is enjoyable and says, I'm up for it. Yeah, I can do that other psalms, Psalm 73, David looks at his life and he shakes his head. Because there's folks that seem to be doing so well and yet they're corrupt. They're his adversaries. And he can't understand the way that they're living. Until we read halfway through that psalm, he enters the sanctuary of God. He changes his place. And then with God's eyes, with his place changed, He says, in your time, in your way, God, you know what's happening. I trust you with my life, with their life, with the world. And I praise you that you are such a God. From this new vantage point, I can trust you and I love you and I give you everything. If God is all-powerful, Need we fear quite as much the forces in our lives? If God is all seeing, God will work out justice. God understands our cries. If God is good, why do we get quite so anxious about things? It was fabulous this week, wasn't it? To just so enjoy a good news story. You wish for these every week now almost, you know. I do hope that our press can go around the world because they are there. I'm sure they're there to be found. Good news stories like this. We're so much, we're so quick to draw people down and to, to find pessimistic figures. A lot of good things have happened in terms of world development, in terms of sharing around the world. But this was a wonderful story, wasn't it? it? was just something you felt. I mean, how many of us were in tears watching this to sort of see the the indefatigability of the human spirit? The kind of we can get people out who thought they were dead for 10 days. These guys thought people thought they were dead. And here they are back to life, if you like. Fantastic. And again, as a Christian, I was thrilled to see the prominence that prayer was given. The president prayed, the mind um, off, government officer prayed and several of the guys came coming out let this guy in the slide, first thing he did he knelt down and acknowledged God this, you are an amazing God I thank you for this rescue one of the ones though, one of the stories I want to share with you, as the rescue capsule was about to go down, the BBC reporter had found um, a woman who said this she was waiting to see what kind of man her husband would be on his release Being down there in the darkness and fearing for his life, he had been humbled. And she added, and I hope he stays that way. (laughs) This is one of the problems I think that we face in the Western world. We're not easily reduced to prayer. Second Chronicles 7:14 says, "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their ways, I will hear them from heaven." If we declare who God is and live remembering that we are mortal, not immortal, as the Psalm 103 reminds us. What what mountain might there be that faces us in our lives at present? It might seem completely insurmountable from our vantage point. It might depress us. It might seem to overshadow our lives as mountains can. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And the psalm suggests that we start with praising God. And God in his mercy might help us find a new vantage point from which to view our lives and our situations. Now, I'd be foolish to suggest that when we start praising God, things will go automatically. We all become rich and famous and lovely, beautiful things happen. No. But we need got this lens of praise so that our lives are less consumed by ourselves and our selfishness. And more seen through the lens of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what praise does. It puts a lens in front of our eyes. So that first of all is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Practically, what can you take from this? Do you sing in the shower? Why not? What about singing some of the songs you've had this morning in the shower? First thing in the morning. You're a rubbish, rubbish singer? Okay. What about the Lord's Prayer? What about saying that first thing? Before we allow the news of the day, we switch things on. Suddenly, we allow things to invade our minds. Why not give that first moment to God in a small way, in a quick way, but just fill our minds and discipline our wills to say, you are the creator of all things. In you is love and goodness and kindness and Perfection. I want to live in relationship with you today. What about counting your blessings? What about at the end of the day, looking back and saying, just taking a moment, just taking a moment and saying, thank you, God, for what is there in my day? I want to finish by telling you a story of a colleague of mine who was feeling a bit disgruntled because they hadn't been received quite the way they felt they should be. And they were quite irritated by this, and you know how your mind plays on you with these things. And they've been lying in bed, unable to sleep, and things, if situations had gone different, and I might have said this, they finally at three in the morning got up, and they wrote this. They got up, and they looked out the window. And he wrote this, which for me has huge echoes of Psalm 103. He wrote, I've watched the sun rise. I've watched the sun set. I've seen skies blue, I've seen skies endless. I've seen rivers run to the sea, full as life runs to God. I've felt the sea roll in on the eternal note of mystery and assurance. I've heard the cry and the gurgle of the newborn. I've played with children, I've rocked with grandmothers. I've learned from hundreds of teachers. I've tasted bread and wine, hamburgers, caviar. And I've been loved and forgiven beyond all deserving and all breath to tell of it by family and friends and God. Yes, I've been shaken, changed and blessed a thousand times and still by prophets and by Christ. I felt the touch of God before I realized what it was. I've experienced loneliness and freedom and being human and having hard choices. I've known the thrill of small triumphs and the instruction of painful defeats. And so the amazement of being part of the incredible human pilgrimage from Adam and Eve to the 21st century. I've shared in the cantankerous and yet remarkable family that is called the church. I'm conscious just now of being conscious and of alive. And all that's just for starters. How much does it take to praise God? How many trips around the Milky Way Way does it need? I better just get best on and and praise God with all that I have. Let's pray. God, we want to live our lives in a higher key. We want your purposes to flood our lives and our lives to be filled with beauty and hope, with peace and joy for your sake, that we might be your people and live in your love, in your strength. Not being people that we can't be, but being the people that you want us to be and have made us to be. Holy Spirit, flood our emptiness, fill our minds, revitalize and refresh us that we may lift up our heads and praise you.